Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode... Recording on a Sunday morning, which I think is actually a first. I don't think I've ever recorded on a Sunday. So, and I appreciate you you getting up at this time to do a recording, Sonia. <laughs> Although I feel like you being a very active person, like you're probably just an early riser anyway. I get the the vibe that you're up and at it. <laughs> I try to be. It doesn't always happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that I am talking to Sonia Marshall, who is the founder and the president of Edinburgh University Parkour Club. Yes, cool. I feel like there should be like fanfares there. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I don't want to assume that people know what parkour is. So for anybody who doesn't know what parkour is, can you give us like your elevator pitch for parkour? So parkour is a movement discipline or a sport which is all about natural movement, uh, getting over obstacles, using movements such as jumping, vaulting, swinging, rolling. But it's not just about the movement, it's also, there's a mental part to it. It's all about uh, overcoming challenges, uh, facing your fears, uh, improving yourself. And apart from uh, this stuff, there's also a great community at the heart of parkour. So it's not just a sport, it's also a whole uh, a whole community and there's a lot more to it than that. That was an excellent elevator pitch. I felt like I was on Dragon's Den there. I felt like Dead of Eden. <laughs> I was going to give you you some money. (laughs) I'm going to invest in you. Yeah, I feel like um, years ago there was a programme on the TV and it was basically about the guys that started it. And uh, I just remember going, that's amazing because I'm a dancer. So, you know, the choreographic part of it, it just seems so slick and it's fast paced and it's, it's like so precise. But just that, that element, obviously, of danger. But then I guess in every sport, there is an element of danger. What was it about parkour that attracted like you? Uh, well, so interestingly, I started when I was quite young. I started when I was ten years old, and so already as as a as a kid, I was you know jumping and climbing on things. And it was actually my dad had heard about this thing, and he told me, "Oh, there there are these people who jump downstairs. They're called free runners." And I thought, "Oh, this is great! I jump downstairs too." <laughs> so for me, it was really just. Uh, I was already playing in this way and then I discovered that there there were other people who were, you know, making this a whole a whole sport. It wasn't just random playing about. There was, I don't know, things you could follow and diff- different things you could learn. Yeah, so I, I just got in, interested uh, because my, my dad had heard of it and then I, I started looking up uh, YouTube videos and found out more about what it was. Totally. So, like, where were you growing up then? Like, where, where are you from, Sonia? Uh, I'm from Edinburgh, so I'm still in Edinburgh studying at university, but yeah, I am also uh, born in Edinburgh. So you were just like an outdoors kid, just jumping about and flinging yourself off things and swinging and hanging for things? (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) And uh, I think I saw a video of you and your dad doing a bit of parkour. Is that, have you got him into it or was he very much like from the get-go giving it a go as well? Well, it's quite an interesting cycle because yeah, initially when I when I was younger, he told me about it and I started doing it, and he was always encouraging me and uh, filming me and stuff. And he's always you know scrambled about and stuff, but he wasn't really doing parkour exactly himself. But now more re- in more recent years, 
he's started going to classes and has really got into it himself. So now, yeah, it's really cool that he got me into it. But, and now that I've done it more and more, he is now doing it. And yeah, he's really enjoying himself. That's amazing. And then it just shows you, like, there then is no age limit to, to starting something new. It's, it's nice to hear that people are getting in to, to sport, you know, in a new sport, like mm-hmm. any age type thing, um, and that it isn't a barrier, even though, obviously, parkour, there is that kind of element of danger um, and is that something just that you've just embraced or is it something that you have to kind of grapple with the thing is it I think when people see the sort of videos that go viral about parkour they're often more sort of dangerous looking things like maybe people are jumping across buildings or something but the reality is there's there's a whole spectrum of different things you can do in parkour so it's not all this high risk stuff uh, and the thing is that you also you know if you do end up doing higher seeming risk stuff, you started off with basics. So you learn landing on a curb. How, how do you absorb the impact correctly? You build up, build up, build up. So the end product that you see is not just you immediately leap into doing that. You've built up. And even people who are doing things which seem uh, really difficult and scary, they also find things scary. But you work, uh, you find ways to break down these uh, barriers and build up to doing it you don't just immediately see a scary thing and think okay yes I'm just going to throw myself this yeah you prepare yourself physically mentally and then it's if there's a risk it's a calculated risk it's not just a random risk Mm, of course I yeah I mean there's obviously so much training and skill that goes into it like you say like anything it's like in dance you wouldn't just start somebody off in pirouettes but um, I think just like because you know parkour still feels like very much like a niche sport and you don't hear it about it as much as maybe other sports but you obviously being in that world you're like no no no, it's like a very active world that the parkour world and I'm sure you've connected with parkour artists all over in Britain and even abroad so when you started doing it you were saying you were a kid and you were just like looking at videos and stuff but then did you end up going to classes to learn how to do it safely or how did you go about it? Uh, For the first few years it was just me on my own watching videos because, yeah, I didn't really know anyone else doing it and I was quite young and there weren't, at that point, classes in Edinburgh. But then at some point, uh, a few years later, so in 2014, uh, so there's a coaching organisation called Access Parkour who coach in Edinburgh. Now I actually uh, coach for them sometimes. They did a free taster session at my school. Yeah, my mum got this email and then told me, I thought, oh, this is great. So I went with a few friends and we started going to this one class per week, uh, this indoor class. Then eventually we started going as well as in one indoor class. We also went to an outdoor class. I don't know if you know the terminology, but we say jamming. You all go and you kind of train together and come up with challenges and it's not super organised. So a parkour jam would always happen directly after the outdoor youth class that I was doing. So I started at first going to that for an hour and then eventually I would spend more hours there. And that's kind of how I got into the community and everyone else doing it because when I started it yeah it was just me on my own and then eventually with classes and then jams now yeah I've built up a connection with a lot more people doing it. That's lovely because yeah you obviously were just doing it because you loved it but then to find like a whole community and like pals that are doing it as well and then you know you just then obviously like you're saying in those jams you're just vibing off each other and learning so when you went to Edinburgh Uni were you just like hoping that you would find other people that did it as well and then decided you would just become the founder of the <laughs> University Society for Parker? <laughs> well, it, it was actually a few years before I had been at university, there had kind of been the idea of starting a club because there have always been a few students 
already doing parkour in Edinburgh, but there's never an official thing. Yeah, this idea had sort of been floating around and a few uh, people who had recently graduated, they sort of started the investigation to like, how is this possible? And then when I got to the university, then me and uh, my friend Rob, we kind of actually went through the process of, you know, filling out a form, getting some initial signups and making it actually a thing. So some other people laid some groundwork of uh, contacting the initial people, but then uh, when I got to university, I sort of took it on and uh, made it actually happen. A thing, an actual thing. <laughs> and so how many people are in the club at the moment? Uh, I think last year in total, across both semesters, we had about 40 members. But of course, this doesn't that doesn't equate to there's always 40 people at a session because you know, sometimes people sign up to university clubs and then don't go or, or they're only there in first semester because they're on exchange and they're not there after. So in total, 40 members, which I'm super happy with, but don't imagine that we have, you know, a session with 40 people at the same time because that's not the case. <laughs> You're like trying to coordinate 40 people. <laughs> <laughs> like taking over Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> I would assume everybody will be at a different level coming to that club and just um, supporting each other. And, you know, there'll be people like yourself that are really experienced that have been doing it for a long time but then other people just going oh I've always wanted to give that a go so how do you then plan for that uh, so with the university club we run both classes and jams so the class is a coach session so there's a trained coach who is leading the session with a particular goal and instructing people with what to do and we don't do a particular beginners one we just say that it's open to anyone and the great thing is parkour is quite adaptable so we make sure that the session is suitable for if somebody completely new joins the class, even if it's halfway through the term, someone can join. And of course, not everyone in the class is going to do exactly the same thing uh, as everyone else. But an exercise we're doing, for example, and you make sure to give different progressions so that you're pushing each participant, whether it's their first session or whether they've been going for a while. Like, there's always something to learn from classes, but if you don't really fancy going to classes because you just feel like doing your own training, that's fine. You don't have to go to the classes you run. We do have the jams. On some other events that we organise that you could just, if you want to just turn up to them, that's also totally fine. Mm. Right, so Sonia, if you were meeting me for the first time today, which you are, obviously <laughs> over the internet, we can't really do it properly, but, and I'd never done any parkour before, like how would you start? Like what's the first thing that we would do? And would we be like indoors or would we be outdoors? So I would definitely start outdoors because... For me, the best parkour is outdoors. You can do it indoors, and then we have, in various places, there are parkour facilities. But for me, the best thing is doing it outdoors. So I definitely, I definitely keep it outdoors. And I definitely start off with, uh, there are some fun, silly warm-up games that you can do, because obviously you need to warm up your muscles and mobilise, but it doesn't need to be, I don't know, a boring standard warm-up. Lots of sort of silly games to get you get you into the mood for... Because it's really, it's about playing. It's not, you're in... Not really super serious doing. I mean, you can focus, but it's usually quite a fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. So I'd start with that, and then I would say the first sort of technique you should learn is making sure you can land properly because most of the moves you're doing, you're going to need to land. You can't, you can't be landing with straight legs or uh, landing on your heels because then you're going to injure yourself. So mm. first, make sure that you can land, absorb impact, and that sort of thing. I would maybe then introduce some basic vaults because then what we could do is uh, to sort of conclude the session or to play about with stuff is uh, we talk about making roots so it's like you don't just do one isolated movement you I don't know you do a vault and then a jump and then a vault or and then a swing 
and you've combined all these moves together into a route. So I would say quite a good way to start parkour would be teach landing so you're safe, teach a few basic interesting movements like vaults or whatever, and then allow you to create your own thing with the stuff that you've just learned. So you may not have learned very much, but you can still create your own sequence that you can mm. own that thing and feel like you've you know, made something of what you've learned. Do you need to be good at gymnastics? Do you think that's useful or is this just like a whole other concept? I think, altogether? I think it's not necessary, but you, you can come from really any background to do it. But depending on your background, you might find different things easier. So I did, when I was a lot younger, do some gymnastics and I also did climbing. And I would say the main influence on my parkour training is actually the climbing. I find there's some things that I use particular techniques. Like if, if we do some kind of parkour climbing challenge, then I definitely have more of a climber's approach to it, whereas someone who's not, not really have a climbing background would approach it a bit differently. And yeah, so I think probably the gymnastics probably helped me just in general with movement stuff, but definitely there are people who have never done sports like that who can also start doing parkour. And it just, you might just find different things easier to other people and approach things a bit differently, but it, it's not like you need a particular mm-hmm. background in order to start doing parkour. Great, so that means I can do parkour. Excellent. Yeah. And, I don't, and I don't need to go upside down. I don't need to do any pulling <laughs> of myself upside down or anything. Great. <laughs> so, you know, establishing the the club within the university, are, are you now connected to other clubs around Britain or around the world through your club? And, and what kind of opportunities is that presented? Uh, yeah, so there are a few parkour clubs around the country. Obviously, not every university has one because it's not super mainstream yet but in Scotland St Andrews have a university club Glasgow slash Strathclyde have a a joint one and obviously Edinburgh then in England there's quite a few there's a couple in London yeah various other cities I can't think of the whole list but what I'm really proud of actually last year I organized this event we called it the big jump which was this inter-university parkour event where we invited people from all these different clubs to come to Edinburgh and the structure of the event was kind of a combination of some taught things, some jams, some games, uh, some outdoor, some indoor, really just a variety and that was super nice to have. I think in total 40 people at the event and from about 10 different universities or something. I was yeah, I was super happy with how it turned out. And then did I see you guys, you were in Lisbon? Uh, yeah, so basically at the university there's a week in February which is called Flexible Learning Week, which there are no classes. They do run some yeah, sort of educational events you can go to, but mostly people either use it to catch up on work or to go on holiday. So of course yes. this is the perfect time for a parkour trip. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so the club has been running for two years. So now we've been on two trips. The first trip was to uh, Lisbon. Uh, so that was last year, and then this year we went to Madrid. Ah, cool! How cool a city is a Lisbon? It's amazing, isn't it? I went last year. Oh, it was it was brilliant. Totally loved it. Like I don't think I've ever walked so much in my entire life, but I definitely <laughs> want to go back. There was so much more that I wanted to see. Yeah. So, like, what did you do when you were there? Was that very much just like using the landscape to to explore your skills, or were you taking classes with people? Like, how does it work out? Yeah, it was mainly parkour focused. We also did we also did some visiting stuff, like some of us went to the castle, some people were, you know, wandering through the town, checking out shops and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But in terms of the, the parkour focused stuff, we well there there are some uh what we call it like parkour spots where it's like a particular location which you know is good for doing parkour. So we went to some 
places that are known as good spots and we were training there. So some of the times this was on our own, but there was at one point where it was a weird coincidence where I didn't actually know anyone training in Lisbon really, but I knew someone from training elsewhere who coincidentally was moving to that city exactly when we were... What? (laughs) But so through her, then we managed to... There was a training session where we met up with some of the locals and we were training at the spot that we knew the location of, but then they also took us to some other ones which we would never have found if they weren't showing. Are you just constantly scoping out new places to do parkour and like try different things like within even like within Edinburgh yeah so obviously as people have been doing parkour here for a long time most of the like there you know most of the good locations but actually even this Monday I actually went to a spot that I I didn't know was a good spot because it's actually at uh, Edinburgh Napier University I hadn't been there and then I went with my friend uh, who had trained there before and I was like what how did I, how did I not know this was such a cool spot and so yeah even this week I found a new place to be training and what like qualifies for a good spot like what do you need for it to be like you know optimum conditions mm, spots can be totally different so it, no spot one spot looks the same but it's usually some kind of interesting feature there like whether it's walls or rails or benches or it could be the side of a building has some interesting sticking out stuff or yeah it's kind of hard to describe but uh if you go there and I don't know it's just completely flat ground and and no walls then obviously there's not really much to do parkour on but well I mean also it doesn't have to be uh, super obvious like sometimes you have spots where there are really obvious things to do sometimes even my favorite spots are the ones where there's not that much there and you make you make something out of it so I don't know one curb and one rail and then you actually end up spending hours there because you find all these combinations and it must be really funny like I guess when people just like passers by are just walking past you and you're just like leaping like bailing to like curbs and different things like have you had like mostly like positive reactions or has there been anybody thinking that you're up to no good there's definitely a mix of reactions because the thing is some people just don't know what it is or don't understand it and so they immediately, I don't know, feel defensive or, or want to, I don't know, they, they just don't understand it so they get scared and are mm-hmm. and, and just decide to think, oh, it must be a bad thing because I don't know what it is. So definitely there, there are people who come past and say, oh, wow, that's so impressive. Or sometimes you get much older people who are saying, oh, if I was 50 years younger, I would be joining in. <laughs> um, like, you can, come on, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you definitely get some super nice comments or, or sometimes people are actually so interested in it that they're asking about opportunities and you can point them to the either the university or or the access parkour classes or the regular Edinburgh jams but yeah, definitely sometimes there are people who sometimes sometimes are quite rude to you or sometimes they just I don't know one time uh, my friend was balancing on a rail literally like not doing anything just standing there someone went past and I can't remember what they said but they were just like what like what are you doing or are they saying like oh you're being so childish or something it's like what ah. it's really strange reactions but I think it's just because they don't understand it mm. that idea of play like I loved when you said it's just like play and I think as adults like we, we often lose that you know when we get older and I think it's brilliant that you've still got that element of play and yeah maybe just some people don't like you say just are scared of it because they don't understand what it is mm-hmm. and yeah they just see it as like a like a dangerous thing like get down <laughs> oh yeah there's also people thinking that you might hurt hurt yourself or something yeah, like i'm totally fine <laughs> 
and there's also, every day. You do also have the people who go past and they're like, do a backflip. <laughs> 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 I know I always get that as a dancer like kids are always really impressed by like things that you know basically you can fling yourself upside down and I'm like no I can't do that but I can do this amazing other thing they're like nah just like go upside down that's always impressive yeah that's the thing sometimes you're I don't know you might be doing this really technical movement but uh you can only really appreciate how great that movement is if you do the sport but from the outside it looks like not as interesting as something else which is you know way easier yeah <laughs> you're like look at this this is amazing honest <laughs> and you were saying um you know about going to classes and stuff so are there now qualifications or governing bodies that look after the sport uh yeah so in the UK, the national governing body is Parker UK. I think in other in other countries, they also ha- there are some uh, governing bodies. Not not every place has one, but and actually in the UK, parkour is now officially recognised as a sport. I don't know if you heard anything about that. It was a few, I can't remember which year it was, but a few years ago, it became officially recognised as a sport. And I think mm-hmm. in the UK, this was the first the first country to do that i'm not sure if any have done it since but i think it was the first that's such a triumph for the sport like for people to do it just for it to be recognized in that way because Mm -hmm. then the the taboo of it for some are you know like the unknown like that must have been like a total win for yourself and those who are like totally championing it yeah i think it definitely makes easier yeah as you say to sort of be more accepted and for example to be teaching in, in schools and stuff like that then it's probably easier for that stuff but in terms of qualifications, so Parker UK run some qualifications like level one coaching, level two coaching. And there's also uh, ADAPT is also another organization who run coaching qualifications. So, yeah, uh, ideally, in order to teach Parker, it's best to you know take these qualifications. Uh, the level one is designed that you are an assistant coach to a level two and the level two can take the whole thing. I mean, it's still kind of growing. so. Probably at the moment, you know, there's still people in, who are in s- smaller communities who either don't yet have a qualification or have a level one and are, are coaching. But ideally, as it grows and grows, then, yeah, you have more qualified people to yeah, to make sure that it's kind of all sound. And like, have you then gone, gone into schools and stuff and worked with young people to, to like publicise the sport? Because I think it's just something that a lot of young people would just absolutely love that sense of freedom. Like you don't need any equipment. You can just use the outdoors what you have you know within your your reach so yeah uh, in edinburgh access parkour are teaching quite a few schools actually and sometimes it's for after school uh, clubs anyway there's definitely work towards including it in the pe curriculum sometimes it's indoors in the sports hall just using whatever stuff they have some t- uh, depending on the school sometimes they can use maybe the, the playground uh, it just kind of depends on the thing sometimes it's indoors sometimes it's outdoors yes yeah, so I mean I don't coach a huge amount but there have been a few times where I was filling in for someone else and I've joined in helping out with the school class and it was I don't it's really cool to just see so many kids trying out parkour and actually to be fair when I first went to a class it was the coaches were coming into my school gym hall teaching their stuff like where I was first introduced to other people doing parkour yeah total full circle then you're like look at me I'm doing it now <laughs> passing it on to the next generation yeah so for like the club itself like so I, I guess you guys are now in your your summer holidays although I'm looking out the window going it's not very summery at the moment but uh, are you doing much parkour just now but also in the middle of a pandemic or hopefully coming out the other side of a pandemic really so yeah l- luckily 
parkour is something that you can still do with social distancing and stuff because I mean there's a lot of sports that I don't know if they're contact sports or team sports that's really hard to keep doing but luckily with parkour you can still kind of do it distancing uh, I definitely know there's there have been people training all throughout the lockdown personally I became I'm not super motivated to do it much but until uh, a few weeks ago I'm super happy now now I've become all motivated again and I'm really happy about it so now well for example yesterday I went training and We've we've give, given this term uh, micro jams because obviously we can't have uh, with the current rules we can't have like a proper jam where you have I don't know ten to twenty people yeah, yeah. up so yeah we have we organize micro jams with three households yeah that's really nice because we can do it outdoors like currently you can't do parkour indoors because we have a a parkour center in Edinburgh but we we mm-hmm. can't use it right now but outdoors you can still you know keep distance and keep training yeah so definitely some people have been training for the whole lockdown but now I think especially since the sort of three household rule and now there's not a limit to the number of times that you can go out then definitely the I think the training has picked back up in Edinburgh. Brilliant excellent are there kind of figures within the parkour world that are like idols or like people that inspire you are there particular figures or is it just within your own peer group that you know that there's some people that you you've been able to learn from as well as obviously teach from your experience well definitely there are people within the parker community in edinburgh that it when you're training with each other you can just really be inspired what other people are doing because they'll have ideas that you don't have or they'll have learned something somewhere that you haven't been and then they can pass on to you so that's that's definitely super important there's definitely a sort of social media culture of parkour that can let you see people's training from totally different places if you haven't even if you haven't met them so uh, that's quite inspiring to follow basically like following instagram accounts or youtube channels of people in different places to see yeah you can really be inspired by their movement even if you haven't met them maybe not at this particular point but in the past have definitely been inspired by seeing what different people have posted and you see something and you're like what? How did how did they do that? And then you rewatch it like ten times, and then you try it out, and then you have to go back and watch it again, and then eventually you also manage to do this thing. So it's that's actually a really nice way of sharing ideas. Mm. And I, it's nice that you're able to just constantly develop because every spot that you find, then there's always different ways to develop, like how you move through that space. That that. There's no like limit then to, to what you're going to be able to achieve. So what year are you going into now for your course at uni? Uh, fourth year, but so but that's not the last year normally it would be, but I'm on a an integrated master's, which is five years. So I've got two years left. <laughs> and I'm guessing you're going to just be continuing the club and just help, you know, hoping that that can get back to obviously more of a normality. Do you just see parkour now as part of your life? Is there goals or things that you would like to achieve for the club or just yourself personally within your sport in terms of the club since well see it's been going for two years and well so so far I've been the president for the whole time I'm the president next year so my goal is definitely to because obviously at some point I'm not going to be at the university anymore I'm not going to be president I need to leave you at some point (laughs) (laughs) my goal is to make sure that I sort of build up the university community enough and the people on the committee so that uh, so that I can feel comfortable handing off the duties to someone that's going to carry on how I sort of would like hope that it would 
carry on uh, well. So I just need to make sure to sort of plan ahead because uh, so far I haven't planned ahead much because it was all about setting up and starting out how, how do we work out some stuff. So for example, the first semester that we ran things, I don't know, we realized maybe some like class lengths or prices or anything were I don't know, not quite right. And then we sort of sorted it out. So now we've kind of got what is the, the normal running of this club how can it survive for you know a year two years but now now it's kind of the time to start thinking of building up for continuing when it's not like always the same exact people who are on the committee yeah yeah of course what is the reaction of the university been like have they been supportive of this new weird and wonderful <laughs> club within the uni I think I think they're quite happy because we we're so enthusiastic and like on the ball with the stuff we need to do. I think they're quite happy with us, and they probably think it's quite uh, good to have I don't know a new and cool uh, club there. Hopefully, this coming term we want to do a parkour session for the sports union staff because I mean that acts as like a social for them, but also we can actually kind of help them understand like what is parkour because right now they probably don't really know. So because I mean most of the clubs. It's kind of obvious what they are. Like, I don't know if you have a basketball club, a hockey club, like you've, I don't know, you've played that at school, you know what it is, but a parkour club, I'm not sure that they really know like what we are. So, yeah. <laughs> and the term free running, is that just another term that they use for parkour or is there a difference? Oh, yeah. So it's a bit confusing. So there was originally this thing where, you know, the documentaries you were talking about, I guess you were talking about Jump uh, Britain and Jump London, maybe? Maybe. Can't uh, remember. So for this, they kind of, translated because because uh it parkour was like a french thing they were like okay we're going to make this translation for english free running and it's kind of become that um seb foucault sebastian foucault mm. who was in you know john, john Britton and stuff that he kind of uh took free running that like that was kind of became his thing and parkour was is more linked with david bell and then you also have aldi de Passement. Uh, which is some of the other original guys take it more under that name. So you kind of have these different names. And there's always been this this ancient debate about parkour versus free running. Are flips parkour or, or is it only in free running? It's, it's a bit ridiculous. And, and right now, I think they can be quite interchangeable, but usually the person doing it has an opinion on what to do. So I would usually just, I would say that I do parkour. I don't, I don't know. I just wouldn't really use free running, but maybe someone else who trains exactly like me would call it free running I think right now it doesn't need to be so specific you can just kind of mm. refer to it how, as how you feel you're training the, the words free running like totally conjured up the, the the image of somebody running like Phoebe from Friends with like their arms flailing <laughs> like it's just like a like you just run however you like <laughs> yes <laughs> it doesn't really conjure up the idea of like what I know Parker to be so <laughs> so um just to touch on like Women in the sport, is that something that you have noticed, like more women are joining the sport? Um, having seen those documentaries initially, it was very, it seemed like more of a male-dominated sport. Obviously, you would say it was for everybody, but have you seen a real mix of different people join it? And like you were saying earlier on, different ages, but um, especially, obviously, you being the president of the society. I would say in general, as, as, a, as a sport as a whole, is typically male dominated which i guess it does make sense coming from the uh, beginning where yeah the, the founders were male so i guess it, if it kind of starts there then it, it's also going to take a bit of time to become more even but i would say it's definitely improving I, I think in edinburgh we have a really great mix of people i think i think it is quite helpful that for example i am female and running the club and on the committee like on the committee last year 
I think like, I don't know, half the committee or more than half were female. And by other girls seeing that there are like women running this thing, then it makes it easier to come on. Because of course, yeah, anyone can do it. But if you if you only see... Uh, yeah, you don't see not, yourself there. Yeah, then I... like you, how, how do you know that it's for you? So I think that's been really helpful to have, yeah, a bunch of women organizing the stuff because then other women can see oh yeah I can join and in fact it's been quite crazy that if you look at all our members from the whole year I think half or slightly more than half were female which is like so exciting so of course it's not the case everywhere but it's I think definitely over the years it's getting better and better and even we've been talking about uh, Instagram and social media a bit then there's definitely becoming more and more women sharing their training on social media which is important because if you have more women training but not putting it anywhere then there will be other people who don't realize that there are women doing it whereas if you see all these badass women jumping around on social media then uh, even if you haven't seen them around the city you know that they exist and then you might go and search for it in your city yeah well that's that's how i found you just via instagram i've just on my one of my rabbit hole <laughs> deep dives and i was like yeah. who's this admittedly if i'm honest you are the first woman that i've seen recently on instagram you know that i came across in parker and i was like yes i need to speak to sonia now it blows my tiny mind what you can do and just that i mean i am a bit of a wuss so you're probably talking to the wrong person in terms of like jumping off things but um yeah no i'm just totally impressed by i think it's awesome what you're doing and obviously for the university as well and for women in the sport it's, it's, it's brilliant are there any kind of hot spots in the world that you've seen on your kind of instagram deep dives that you're like oh i'd love to go there and do some parkour i i've been fortunate to travel to quite a few different places to do parkour and i've had so much fun so a really cool place is copenhagen it's very accepted doing parkour in well I, i'm not sure if it's denmark as a whole or or mm. specifically copenhagen but you get some purpose-built parkour parks like in the uk there's a few but I mean, it's not very common in Copenhagen they've literally built parkour parks within school playgrounds that's like how yes. accepted it is so there's definitely some really fun places there I, I've been a few times and I've really enjoyed that uh, another mm-hmm. super famous location I mean you've seen from Jump Britain Jump London London is <laughs> London is very famous for its spots I mean it's probably just because well London is so huge that it, it had and it, with the architecture you find in different places there you have some quite big spots like in Edinburgh we have great spots but in London it's like a different kind of spot you have mm. in Edinburgh we we can find you know tiny places to train and have great fun but like in London a lot of the spots there's just so much to do there so I think that also contributes to why you know people keep coming and because there's just so much to do there Apart from that, then, yeah, there's there's also, I because I actually did a couple of years ago a really fun trip, like interrailing, going between different cities, doing parkour. Ah, you are the second person that I've spoke to this week about interrailing, and I just, it makes me want to do it even more. Like, it looks amazing. That's so cool. So, yeah, so you're just jumping from, literally from place to place. <laughs> yeah, that was great because the, I talked about a lot about the community in parkour, but yeah, it's not just, like, locally to your city. There's this kind of, global community and because you have you get uh, throughout the year various parkour events where usually people gather for this event from lots of different places and through going to a few of these events I've met a whole bunch of people who live in different places which means that then I can go to that place I can train with them I can stay with them and it's great just just from going 
to one event, you can suddenly know people from like four different countries that you're going to go on this trip at some point. Love that. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, you did mention earlier on about the mindset of parkour. How do you get into the right mindset of parkour? And is, is there a particular way of getting yourself mentally prepared? Well, I find once once I start, you know, warming up, doing some small challenges, then I kind of get into it. If you're talking particularly about, for example, doing something that uh, gives you fear, you definitely yeah, need to kind of build up into it. Maybe there's a sort of sequence of things you do, like maybe before, oh, we call it breaking a jump is like if you find this jump quite scary and you haven't done it yet then breaking the jump is when it's like the process of getting it so I don't know the first time that you sort of land it even if you don't you know do it perfectly then you've broken the jump so usually people have I don't know certain habits they end up doing maybe it's wiping their sometimes we wipe the bottom of our shoes because we think I don't know we're going to slide or something I mean half the time this doesn't even have an effect it's just a, a mental preparation uh, and then maybe you, I don't know, you're rocking backwards and forwards. There's there's certain yeah certain habits that people get into, and then it kind of brings you back into this place of doing the jump because you've done that for many jumps before. And then by doing these, going through these motions, you're like, okay, I'm ready. And then you can go for the jump. Ah, oh, see. So I'm going to jump you on now. To, I keep using the word jump. I feel like I'm <laughs> you're like stop saying the word jump, Lisa. <laughs> We're going to leap into what we call the thingamabobs, which are just totally random questions, and I've picked out a few for you, Sonia. Best parkour day you've ever had? Oh, that's going to be difficult because there's like 10 years of parkour days. Uh, hmm. Well, I'll go for a recent day, which was which was super nice, which was this year where... Yeah, so in February possibly you know that it's lgbt plus history month we ran this event called the rainbow jam to celebrate that and uh, it was like run by the university club but we also linked with like with everyone in edinburgh parkour and it was just such a nice jam where it i mean coincidentally it was a sunny day this maybe also contributed it was like lots of us from the university club and not from the university as well coming together um it was just such a nice jam feeling i i felt like we hadn't had a jam like that recently, maybe because of winter or something. It, it, I don't know, it's, you don't often have these like really nice feeling big jams if it's all dark and rainy, if, if you see what yeah, I mean. Of course. So I think this day was just so fun because everyone was really happy. So many people coming together, different challenges. We went to a few different locations throughout the day. Uh, yeah, many silly challenges. And it was just so cheerful and fun and a really nice vibe that, I don't know, for me, that's my recent really fun parkour day. Brilliant. Um, can you finish this sentence? I have always wanted to. What have I always wanted to do? I don't know. There's so many things to do in the world. <laughs> uh, well, this is this is very parkour specific, and I mean, there's also other things I want to do. But... Yeah, I'm not going to like get. But I'm allowing you to do all the things. You just need to pick one just now, Sonia. <laughs> I don't want to limit you. <laughs> well, this is something that I've now done last year, but that was something that before that I was like, oh, this looks really cool. And it's a parkour thing. It's where, you know, a swing set, you're sitting in the swing, you're swinging, and then you kind of, as you get to the top, you sort of lean backwards and it, it's sort of like you do a backflip out of it. So you just kind of whoop and then land. So this is a super random thing, but I've seen people doing that in videos and it just looks so much fun because you're just swinging and then whoop, there, there you go. 
And last year, yeah, we were actually having a jam in Aberdeen and there was this random swing thing there. And then I, I managed to do it and it was, I was just so happy because I thought, oh, great, I've done it now. Like, I wanted to do this. I feel like my list would not be as cool as your list like, of things I want to do. Like, I feel you're, like, far more adventurous. <laughs> see that, I, I should have asked this before, like, see that sense of adventure and just, like, that sense of play, like, is that just something that you've always had about you? Know, I don't mean just in a parkour sense, but, like, would you consider yourself to be brave? Because I, I would, like, looking at the things that you do, I'm like, well, that's dead brave that you would do that. But, <laughs> again, like I say, I'm a bit of a wuss, but would you consider yourself to be brave and just, you know, starting up the, the club itself? Like, that's a big deal, like, to take that on. But also then, obviously, in your parkour training. I think, I think in general, I do like to be quite adventurous and uh, determined to do stuff. So I... Yeah, I tend not to be put off by reasons like whether it's, I don't know, I mean, computer science is also typically male dominated, but like, I don't know, uh, I mean, obviously it's also getting better, but so I tend to not be put off by maybe stereotypes or something. And just if I want to do something, whether it's parkour, computer science, whatever, I'm like, okay, I want to do this. So I'm, I'm going to do this. And I tend to be quite like open to, yeah, like these challenges. Love it. Brilliant. And Sonia, ask everybody on the podcast at the very end, um, what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? I was, well, I was actually talking about this yesterday to my friend when we were, we were training. I really like the word shugle. <gasps> I love the word shugle. And I didn't realise it was a Scottish thing until I started talking about shugling something. And then my and then my flatmate was like, what are you on about? And I was like, shugling, you know, like shaking it, like... I just love that works. I think it's so satisfying, shugle. And to me, it's really onomatopoeic, like shugle. Apparently not everyone else understands what I'm going on about them. That's a good, that's a good one. I, so I think that word's only came up maybe once or twice. So yeah, good choice, Sonia. Well, moving forward, um, I just totally wish you all the best with your parkour journey. I'll be obviously watching with bated breath at all the death-defying stunts. <laughs> that you're taking on but um no I think it's awesome what you're doing um just for the sport itself but also for the university and the club that you've started and it sounds like it's in safe hands and um like you'll just be taking it from strength to strength and uh, to anybody whatever age who is listening to this and thinking do you know what I've always wanted to give it a go what would you say to them and how can they get get involved with like what you're doing or just with the wider community of parkour i would say a great thing to do is search the name of the city you're living in and parkour whether you search on facebook or on google and just see if there's stuff around you maybe there's someone running classes maybe there's a local jamming community and that i think that's really important to yeah connect to the people and, and then maybe you come because you want to do the movement but i think you stay because you meet the people there so that's important but also you can start exploring on your own like as I said I started by watching YouTube videos and, and learning from that you can definitely there's lots of tutorials on YouTube and uh, watching these videos can kind of inspire you to try it yourself so yeah I would say search for people in your local area and second of all look up some YouTube videos and try and find things I mean even if you have a back garden which has a wall in it or something try climbing over and see what you can do <laughs> <laughs> my husband finds me like spider-man and up <laughs> the fence this afternoon we'll know why well Sonia you were talking about breaking the jump and obviously this podcast is called the bra and the brave and it is about 
in your sport facing your fears to to then break through and then go into the next part um you know I think that's a really healthy thing to do like coming out your comfort zone essentially like I think sometimes we can all be guilty of just staying in our safe zone and and not breaking the jump so I really admire you and your sport and uh, I wish you all the best thank you so much for joining the Bra Brave clan well thank you I had great fun uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Braun the brave a podcast about people and their passions join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests bye for now